This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we get you set for Saturday night's showdown at Memorial Gym. Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers roll into Nashville for a 7.30 tip-off on the SEC Network. It's going to be a fun night. We talk a little bit about the Florida and South Carolina games. Vanderbilt riding a four-game winning streak, their first four-game win streak in conference play since 2017. Can they keep it going? Can they extend it to five games? If you're wondering if you should show up to Memorial Gym Saturday night, go ahead, buy a ticket. If you can find one from your friend, find a way to get to Memorial Gym Saturday night. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere. It's going to feel like Memorial Gym of the 80s and 90s, heck, maybe even before then. Memorial Gym returns Saturday night. Get ready, show up early, and be loud. Vanderbilt and Auburn coming up. Also coming up, another episode of The Door Report. Sit back, relax, enjoy your Friday, enjoy your weekend. We will see you at Memorial. Commodore Nation, let's ride. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys. Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood. And Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who bleed black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. No strings till the hank comes out. Make all the drunk girls scream and shout. We love it, we hate it, we're all just trying to make it in this crazy town. Welcome into the door report. It is episode 206. We are recording on a Wednesday night, but this will be released on a Friday morning, the day before. Auburn rolls into Nashville to face Vanderbilt, and we will get into the expectations for that and the, the hype and basically getting you guys to Memorial Gym. That, that's going to be our job uh, heading into the weekend, but we are powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. As always, family-owned and operated for more than two decades, Alaco Finewood Floors is Nashville and Middle Tennessee's choice for premium quality hardwood floors. Since 1995, Jimmy Alaco and his army of employees have embodied the approach of taking pride in one's craft and providing superior customer service, growing from a one-man shop to a team of 23 professionals. Sounds like the door port, guys, uh, who share the founder's passion for quality craftsmanship and customer satisfaction. If you're interested in contacting them, you can find their headquarters at 2505 Winford Avenue out in Berry Hill, or you can give them a call at 615-356-0303 or find them on the web at alacofinewoodfloors.com. Guys, let's recap a couple more Vandy wins. Florida and South Carolina both go down. Four-game winning streak. And guys, honestly, the more I think about it, the more I realize why we had high expectations for this group. Like we we're seeing what this, what we always thought this team could be. And so, Will, I, I ask you, I'm going to ask you the same thing, Trevor. Are you back aboard or, or are you still waiting at the dock to be picked up by Jerry Stackhouse and, and, and company? It's that's a nuanced answer, Billy. <laughs> I wish it was a simple yes or no. Uh, I do want to say that, I'm happily eating crow, I think, as Trevor said. But clearly, so I, just, good. I want to, I want to put <laughs> this out there 
I, I do want to put this out there at the beginning before I go into some other things, but clearly with that 57 point loss to Alabama, I'm not saying I agree with the Something strategy changed. necessarily. And, and it doesn't excuse the post game presser comments that really sent it over the edge, but Jerry Stackhouse clearly knew his team better than I did or this podcast did. So I think that we often have a lot of hot takes, especially me. I'll have very opinionated takes, but I was wrong on this one. And he knew what the team knew, needed. Uh, they got embarrassed and they have responded since and looked like the team that we expected going into the season, Billy. You mentioned it. But there's a reason that we were so critical and so angry after that 57-point loss to Alabama and the kind of nonchalant attitude and response from Jerry Stackhouse. There's a reason for that because we didn't think this team was a team that should be losing to anyone by 57. It doesn't matter if Tyron Lawrence is on the bench and you have injuries. There's just a level of performance you expected out of kind of, I would say a veteran laden team, even if it is some guys transferring in, this is definitely the most experienced team Jerry Stackhouse has had uh, during his tenure. And you're finally seeing it kind of gel and mesh together. So Trevor, I'm not fully back on board, but I'm certainly off the fire Stackhouse train. Uh, he has a chance over the next five games remaining on the schedule to pull me back on board. I'm not on the we back stack train, and I'm also not on the fire Stackhouse train. I'm kind of right back to where I was uh, about 10 games ago, just kind of waiting and seeing how the rest of this season plays out. May have jumped the gun just a little bit on the fire <laughs> Stackhouse, but I'm certainly not. I'm certainly not one of those people that is saying like everything is hunky dory sitting at 14 yeah. and 12. I mean, mm -hmm. this team was expected to be in a better spot than they are right now. And unless they continue to play like this down the remaining stretch of the season, you're just going to be looking at overall a disappointing season and a return to the NIT. So there's still more work to be done, but this four game win streak, I mean, I think it's brought back in a lot of fans that were that were close to the edge there at the end, Trevor. I, I don't know how you feel. I mean, here's the thing. From years of, of uh, watching and loving Vanderbilt Athletics, I'm sorry, my camera just shifted again because my cat is acting like a psycho right now. Um, <laughs> from years of loving and cheering for Vanderbilt Athletics, it has done a tremendous toll on my brain. Um, with that being said, uh, whenever it comes to my fan takes, which are like 99% of my takes, I'm not the most logical. So am I back on? I mean. It's a, it's a tough answer. Okay. Be, be, Define say, back on. I'll that's say, that's the tougher I'll part say, I'll say this. I'll be at Memorial on Saturday. With bloodlust. That's my answer. <laughs> is I will be in memorial and I will have violent intentions. Um, I will have a craving for blood and flesh, and particularly that being Bruce Pearl. Um, so am I back? I don't know. Ask me after Saturday and I'll tell you. With that I've, being with that yep. being said, I totally agree, Will, with your Jerry Stackhouse take. Am I on the fire, Jerry? I don't know. Ask me at the end of the season. Am I on the eye back, Jerry? I don't know. Ask me at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, 
I tell you what, there's really only two ways I'll go. It'll either be like, I'll be, yeah, get him out of here. Or I'll be like, yeah, bring him back. I back stack. That is at the end of the season, I will not be on the edge. I will be hard lined one or the other. Um, And that solely depends on if Vanderbilt makes the NCAA tournament. If they make the NIT, I'm sorry. I want him out. Uh, Or if they even don't make the postseason, I'll want him out. But if they make the tournament, I'll gladly give him another year. I'll say we this, said guys. five and two last pod. Sorry, sorry to cut you no, off. No, go ahead. Really. Go ahead. We, we said five and two in this last seven game stretch, and so I I think that's what we're trying to hit at at the beginning. Is we're thrilled with the four game win streak, and that had to. Oh, happen. I'm ecstatic. So so, I, so not yeah. to, not to diminish that, but this is what had to happen to yes. bring. That at least me and Trevor back back on a little bit away from the fire stack house. So this is this is great. You're you're back to happening. surface level, but but you're yeah you dug yourself back up to kind of right. even ground or just a foot below ground now. And and Heads now it's water. time. Yeah, now it's time to do the real work. So there yeah. there's a lot of basketball to be I played agree. and a lot of things to be decided in an absolutely jam packed SEC uh, in this last stretch. Yeah, I totally agree. Tennessee, we're recording after they just beat Alabama. So literally, guys, anything can happen, not mm-hmm. just in the SEC, but in college basketball. That's why yeah. Vanderbilt was able to upset Tennessee at home. They can beat Auburn at home. They can go to Rupp and beat Kentucky. I mean, it's it's insane. Yep. This is one of the more wild college basketball seasons. I think it fits perfectly with where Vanderbilt's at because the, the team's losing at the top. Any team losing in the top 25 helps Vanderbilt. And so, you know, we'll, we'll get to that down the road and, and what the, what it means, you know, where Vanderbilt's at right now and what that means down the road for this season. But, guys, I'll say this before we get to more of the Florida and South Carolina recap. Coach Stackhouse isn't fighting for his job any, anymore. I, I'll, I'll say that. I, now, I know, Trevor, you said after the season, if it's an NIT berth, um, you know, you, you're probably not on board. But I think yeah. from a bird's eye view, two weeks ago, he was fighting for his job. Um, I think he might have told you that. You know, I mean, the way they uh-huh. played against Tennessee, they played like chickens with their heads cut off. I mean, they, they, they played amazing basketball, and they were – I mean, the defensive effort was phenomenal. They did the same down in Gainesville. So there's almost been a focus and a renewed – I don't know, sort of aggression and intensity that we haven't seen all season. So I'll say that. I'll, that's as far as I'll go. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are still sort of waiting, like you said, Will. What happens Saturday night against Auburn? What happens? Are you able to go take care of business on the road against LSU? And are you able to beat Florida at home? So there's more validation that, you know, Stack said we need to validate this. They're not done validating. You know, say you go, how many games they got left, Will? Five, including Auburn? Five. Five. Okay, so say you go three and two. I don't know if that how, how I don't know if that's going to cut it for a lot of Andy fans uh, in their it perception. Cut of, it. Well, that gives you an I opportunity. It, it gives it, you an opportunity in the SEC tournament, right? You still well have the SEC tournament. Guarantees, yeah. guarantees you a winning yeah. record in conference, which right. which would be a step forward. So, Billy, I think you hit the nail on the head with the no yeah. longer fighting for his job. I, I think that that is what he's accomplished the last four games. If he has the full support of the fan base through the offseason, that will be determined in the and last five ahead. games. So he got Thank his you. butt off the hot seat, but it's still a little warm. It's insane, yeah. the power of that Tennessee game. I mean, they had no business winning that. I'm, I'm not saying they played bad, but Tennessee had that game. I mean, let, let, let's admit it. Vanderbilt did what they needed to do to win. They hit the shot to win it. But 
for Van- looking back at it now, I think even two years from now, say Stackhouse makes the tournament next year, we'll be looking back at that game saying that might have just saved his job. You know, because that that totally changed the perception of the season. It, it was a springboard. It was a springboard of what's happening now. So uh, I think we could we could talk about that Tennessee win forever. But we got a Florida game to talk about, South Carolina to talk about, and an Auburn game to preview. Before we do that, though, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Dort underscore report and Instagram, Dort.report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. All right, let's get to the Florida and South Carolina recap and the Auburn preview. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to a Laco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. A Laco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. All right, guys, we got a couple games to recap. I was hoping to maybe get one in Monday night after Florida, but with Vanderbilt playing Tuesday, we didn't have enough time uh, to do that. But let's let's kind of go Florida then South Carolina. Uh, you know, if you guys are able able to do that, uh, I know we got to look back at Florida. But oh, baby, you know the wins are. Let's face it, to a point, we thought they were going to be rare, uh, rarefied air in the SEC at least at the beginning uh, of of that stretch when Vanderbilt was struggling. But first four game win streak in SEC play since 2017. So that that's a stat that was popped up on graphics everywhere toward, down the stretch of that Florida game. Guys, probably the most improbable turnaround from any Vanderbilt basketball team in my lifetime. I mean, I, I, that's the last 20, 22, 23 years. So, you know, I mean, you look at it and what a four-game winning streak can do, it it sort of puts a stamp on your team saying the the culture is there. You know, you, you're, you're going in the right direction. And, guys, it's a perfect example of the saying, well – and Trevor, winning cures all. I mean, it, it's unbelievable what a four-game winning streak can do. Everything is in front of them. So going back to that Florida game, obviously Liam Robbins was a story. 32 points, 10 rebounds. I mean, he's a brand-new man. I mean, the, the guy, he, he was he was playing well at the beginning of the season, and, and he I think we always knew he was the guy that had to, to play well if Vanderbilt wanted to win games. But what has gotten into him? I mean, he got hurt, and he came back quicker than any of, of us thought. And all of a sudden, guys, he's hitting shots that I – I mean, he's stepping back, hitting 30-foot threes. He's he's picking and popping, hitting 15-foot jump shots. I mean, his game has elevated in the span of two weeks. That I quite frankly I – I don't think I, I would have guessed it would. So, Will, I say this because with Liam Robbins, he's playing as well as any big man in the country, not just the SEC. I think he's playing better than Sheboy. That's why he was SEC Player of the Week. I mean, the guy's been dominating. He's a perfect guy to run your offense around. So, well, with him playing this well, I think they can beat anybody. I think both of you guys would agree, especially anybody that's left on their schedule. So you, yeah, with- you look you look at what he's done. I I, I can't believe I, a lot of shots. I'm like, what what just happened? Like, I, how did he just hit that? 
Well, it, I, I don't know if it's been played up enough. I, I know he won SEC Player of the Week, but Liam Robbins won the battle against Colin Castleton, who's probably right. the top big man NBA prospect. I would say I didn't see that coming. just off, just no, off pure size and, and game. I would say he's probably going to be drafted higher than Oscar Sheboy. That, that could be wrong. But Liam Robbins ate his lunch. He dominated him. He was the better player. Uh, he had four blocks, 32 points, 10 rebounds. Colin Castleton put up numbers as well, 25 points. He, yeah. he had 11 rebounds as well, two blocks. But if you watch that game, Liam outplayed Colin Castleton. Uh, and a guy that has been overlooked a little bit, I think he's getting credit now. But another guy that's elevated his play alongside Liam Robbins is Ezra Mignon. He's been yep. playing out of his mind. Uh, he had eight assists in that Florida game, playing under control, finding the open man, and that pick and roll, pick and pop, mm. and getting the Vanderbilt team into their offense. He seems to be making the right decision. This offense is slowed down for him a lot more than it looked like it did at the beginning of the season. I think one of the announcers, I can't remember who it was, uh, and even if it was the Florida or the South Carolina game, but he said that he had a Vanderbilt game earlier in the season and was concerned about the point guard play with Ezra Mignon. And seeing him play now uh, at this point in the season, he's a completely different player and, and mm -hmm. looks like he has developed a complete control of this offense. So Tyron Lawrence only had four points in the that, Florida Yeah, game. that's the and, thing. And, and yeah. This team was, was still able to put up yeah, I was gonna points. Say, I was going to say, well, Tyron – he played well against Tennessee, but Vandy's been doing all this with Tyron being relatively quiet. I mean, I think he had 11 uh -huh. against South Carolina. He had that dunk, but that's what's impressive too. Well, I mean, Tyron's one of your best players, but you've got Ezra and Liam playing at such a high level. That's taking some pressure off Tyron. Well, there's there's so many things to be excited about, and I know this might be jumping ahead to the South Carolina game, but I don't feel like Vanderbilt really shot the ball well or played particularly crisp. They rebounded the ball extremely well, played very hard, executed, had open looks, took good open looks, but they really didn't play that well. And they dominated South Carolina pretty much yeah. from beginning to end. And I think yep. that was just as much of a statement as beating Florida or beating Tennessee or going, going on this four-game win streak, including that Ole Miss game. I think being able to come out, have your C game, but play hard and dominate an inferior opponent. I think that said more to me about the state of the program yeah. under under Jerry Sackhouse than anything, than winning a few games. It's being able to roll out there against a team you should beat, not play your best, but that doesn't affect you. You still come out and beat the shit out of them. That's something to build on, and that's what good teams do. I'm not saying great teams, but that's what good teams do. And I don't think 10 games ago that Vanderbilt beat South Carolina the way that they did. They absolutely out-physicaled. I hate that phrase, but they out-physicaled South Carolina. South Carolina was, for whatever reason, swapping in and out of zone defense, which just exacerbated the rebounding issue. I don't understand that. That's they're that's they're they're, they're awful. They're horrific. Yeah, yeah. they're very they, bad. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't help that their coach's cure to having giving up offensive rebounds to Vanderbilt was for South Carolina to switch to a one-three-one zone uh, on the defensive end, which is literally the hardest defense to rebound out of in all of basketball. So absolutely brilliant move by South Carolina to put your team in a horrendous situation against a team that they're already outsized against, but great job by yeah. Vanderbilt capitalizing on that. And if they would have been on like they were in the Florida game in the South Carolina game, 
in the Florida game, they shot over 50% from three. They would have beat that South Carolina team by 40 because the looks they were getting against South Carolina were so much better than the looks they were getting against Florida. So I think that is something to build on. Uh, I know I got a little bit ahead there, but just as much as, as the win over a higher ranked Florida team and all the net rankings and, and, but being able to go out there and beat a bad team on the road, that says a lot to me as well. I don't, I don't know how you feel about that. Charlie. Well, and two on the road in a gym that has given you fits for a lot of years now. Yeah. Um, first win ha- in game first win in Gainesville in like 10 or 11 years or, or mm-hmm. I don't know, 10 or 11 games. I think insane. But, Will, I want to, once again, just on the same wavelength, like we said about Liam Robbins, he's playing out of his mind. I don't – there's very, very few players in all of college basketball who are playing at a higher level than him. And whenever Liam Robbins is on his game, Vanderbilt can beat anybody. It's just a fact. He's too talented down low. And the fact that he has somehow – figured out how to shoot from beyond the three i mean the way that he his percentage is unreal people want to get on colin castleton's back but like he can't stretch the floor like liam can no he doesn't shoot with colin castleton like yeah like bang down low like be a traditional big man he cannot keep up with somebody like liam on the perimeter and i'm not sure if there's another big who can to be quite frank um, so whenever Liam is playing his best basketball, Vanderbilt is very good. But, Will, I want to hammer on something that you said, particularly in the Florida game. He's not going to show up in the stat sheet a ton. But Ezra Mignon, has, like you guys have said, has figured out this offense, and his style of play works very well with Vanderbilt yes. shooters. The fact that he – I mean, him crashing the boards and driving hard – I mean, like we saw in the Tennessee game, gives so many open looks to the shooters. And whenever he crashes, not only does that free the shooters, but then probably, I I think we saw it a ton against Florida, Castleton or whoever the big is that's on Liam, he has to come off and play help defense. Mm -hmm. So now you have a guy who's faster Mm -hmm. and smaller than your big, already two steps ahead of you on the boards. But if he wants to dish it out, there's, three or four guys who can shoot from anywhere on the court. So I think Ezra Mignon right now is playing incredible basketball. I think for a lot of games, he's really been an unsung hero for Vanderbilt. Um, I think just him being on the court makes Vanderbilt a more dangerous basketball team. The way he distributes, the way he crashes. Um, I, he just plays smart basketball. He He's not going to really mess up. He's not going to play that. And I get it, we all – I will be forever grateful for Scottie Pippen Jr. But he's not going to play that iso ball to where it's him one-on-one hero ball to where he might turn it over four or five times. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. going to be safe. He's going to be smart. And I think that's what Vanderbilt has to do from here on out to win games. And I think they've realized that. Yeah, you mentioned so, taking care – you mentioned not turning the ball over, Trevor. I want to throw this in here. Aria Gerson had, had a great – number stat on Twitter. She said, during SEC play, Vanderbilt has turned the ball over less than any other SEC team, and it's not close. They've turned it over nearly 14% of possessions. Next is Missouri at 15%. And I I saw you like that tweet too. Well, that is something that I think not a lot of people are talking about. This team is playing very smart basketball. 
They're taking care of the ball. They're getting to the free throw line. They're doing everything that, you know, we always talk about. This will win you the game. Take care of the ball. Get to the free throw line. Make your free throws. You'll have a shot at every game. And, and Will, that, that's what they're doing. It's like Stack is hammered home on, okay, we you know, we're going to play our best players, but here's what we got to do to win the game. It's almost like, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, you'd look back in the box score and, you know, they'd get to the line a lot, but there would be a 60%, you know, from the free throw line and they would have 15, 16 turnovers. And we're like, well, that, that's why you lost the game. They're playing smart yeah. basketball, Will, against good competition too. Like Tennessee and Flor- Florida, I know we, we, uh, we talked about Florida in the preview. That Florida win, I think, might go underrated, but that was a top 40, top 50 net in Ken Palm team, I, I think. And you they beat were them at 43, home. They were 43 yeah. net team going into that game. Yeah. So, you know, you're playing smart basketball. And, guys, Trey Thomas is another guy that shot the <laughs> lights out against Florida. And, you know, I know that with that love-hate relationship continues. Uh, but I think when Ezra's on the floor and you've got Liam, Liam attracts a lot of attention. You get Ezra to dr- to get inside the lane. You've got Trey wide open. You know, he's he's start last couple games he's hitting at a better clip. And we, we talked about before the season he would go on these cold streak of games. That's what Miles Studi is on right now. So, well, I think Vandy fans should be yes. happy that Trey Thomas is on right now while Studi really hasn't done anything. That's a great point. Yeah, Studi, Studi got going a little bit at the end of that South Carolina game. A little bit, yeah. I, I, think, I think one of the announcers said, uh-oh, don't let him get hot because he hit he hit one three, and then he hit one in, out of the corner, and he immediately shot it and turned around, and it almost didn't even touch the net. He just knew it straight out of his hand, and sometimes that's all it takes is a shooter mm-hmm. – just needs to see one go through the rim. And the best example of how off Studi is, for whatever reason, is he banked in a straightaway three at the <laughs> beginning of the game. And you know you know the phrase, shooter It long, almost doesn't nothing. feel good. Yeah, shooter long, nothing wrong. In that situation, there was something wrong. Because, you know, he didn't hit back iron. That, that thing was at least a foot and a half too far. But he didn't call backward. Something to do no. with the lineups. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned Trey Thomas having shooters around. So I, I've caved, as I always do at this time of the year, and I bought the Ken Palm annual subscription for 20 bucks. Boom. Well worth it, by the way. Shout out to the Ken Palm guys, because I had noticed something in recent games about the lineup kind of tightening and, and rotations becoming a little different. And they always do a great job of charting that. And it was pretty interesting. And I actually went through and kind of double checked this myself and an Excel spreadsheet. And I'll go through that. But in the last five games, and this includes that bad loss, but Vanderbilt has only used one lineup over 6% of minutes in the last five games. And they've used it 23.7%. So almost a quarter of the games with no other lineup combination uh, being above 6%. That lineup is Ezra Mignon, Trey Thomas, Tyron Lawrence, Miles Studi, and Liam Robbins. Yep. Right there. You have Trey Thomas, Miles Studi as the shooters. I know Miles Studi has been off, but they have to guard him like a shooter. Trey Thomas, Mm -hmm. he's been off, but they have to guard him like a shooter. Now you have Tyron Lawrence more consistently knocking down and being willing to shoot that outside jumper. So now they have to go at him as a shooter. Liam Robbins is more than willing now to pick and pop three, four, five times a game and take a three. They have to guard him at the perimeter. So there's only one guy on the court now that they don't have to guard outside the three-point line, and that's Ezra Mignon. So that is allowing that pick and roll action and pick and pop action to work 
because you have actual threats outside the three-point line and not just one, but multiple on the court at the same time. So that paint is so much more open for Ezra Mignon to drive. You're not seeing that third guy over to help in the pick and roll action because they have to stay relatively close to those shooters. So clearly there has been a change in how Stack has evaluated this lineup because at first I went, whoa, that's a high percentage of that lineup being used. But over the last four games, compared to their season average, the three players that have seen the highest increase in their minutes on this four-game win streak are Liam Robbins, Tyron Lawrence, and Ezra Mignon. Liam Robbins has increased his minutes played on based on the season average by 25%. So he's playing 25% more minutes uh, in the last four games than he was previously. Tyron Lawrence is playing 21.3% more minutes than his season average. And Ezra Mignon is playing 15.5% more minutes than his season average. And notably, the three guys slash four guys that have seen the largest decrease in their minutes have been Ansong, Shelby, Lewis, and QMB. So those have been the largest decreases in minutes that you've seen with Ansong losing about 80% of his minutes uh, over the last four games. So what that tells me is there's been an emphasis on scoring. I think Shelby and, and Lewis are just due to the tightening and restriction of this rotation as the season goes yeah. on. But clearly, Ansong and QMB don't provide scoring on the offensive end. Great effort guys, defensive guys link, but they're not scorers. And Stack has noticed that this team just needs to put the ball in the hole. And clearly, he's adjusted his lineup. So shout out to Stack. Credit where credit is due. He's adjusted lineups that was my number one criticism outside of post-game comments was his lineups didn't make any sense and there wasn't enough offense on the court to ever win consistently he seems to have corrected that so as this team continues to roll just just keep doing what is working don't overcomplicate it you're going to have an off shooting night at some point in one of these next five games just keep shooting because i'll let you guys in on a secret the team that scores more points wins the game mm. scoring they get through it scoring get points, true. more importantly scoring more points than the opponent can score is the number one key to winning basketball games not preventing the opponent from scoring so just to let you guys in on a little secret there uh billy and trevor that's a Many big brain saying. big brain Many take right saying. there that's that's awesome that that's only <laughs> that's the takes you get with the door port but guys we're what you're seeing is depth I mean, well, we talked about this and and Trevor in the preview that okay, this is the first time Stackhouse is able to tout some of the depth he has. And you know, I know we went back and forth on he called this team experience, then he called this team young. That that happened in the past. We've already talked about that, but there is depth, and there always has been. Now, whether it's quality depth SEC wise, that might be up for debate. But you look at the bench after that starting five you mentioned, Will you start to look at a guy like Colin Smith. Lee Dort, even though he's not healthy, but when he's healthy, he's another guy you'll have. Uh, Paul Lewis, I think, has played pretty well, pretty solid. He's come mm-hmm. in, he hit a, he hit, uh-huh. he's hit big shots in big spots. Mm-hmm. And then if you, if you start Studi, you got Trey Thomas on the bench. And guys, I wanted to say this also about Trey. He's been getting inside the paint and the little floater game also has has evolved a little bit. So I yeah. you know, I know we've talked a lot about Trey, but he's a veteran guy. He he's smart. He has liabilities that are obvious, but 
I think Stack likes him because he he is smart. He's played a lot of basketball. Stack has put emphasis on that recently. Will you mentioned scoring, but a common theme with those guys, Liam has played a ton of basketball and has developed. Ezra Mignon has played a ton of basketball. Tyron Lawrence, Miles Studi, th- those guys are experienced. They've went through highs and lows at the SEC level. So depth. And, and where we're, I think fans around the SEC, not just Vandy fans, are realizing, okay, this Vandy team has some depth. They've got several pieces mm-hmm. that you can win with at this level. So South Carolina and Florida. Trevor, did you have anything else on, on those two wins? I, not, on, not on those two wins in particular. I will say um, both of you guys brought up a great point. You in particular, Will, to where um, – and you, you, Billy, you brought it up too to where the past couple games – Tyron was really hot, sort of cooled off a little bit. Studi's in a cold streak right now. Like you said, Will, there's going to come a game to where these guys just don't hit shots. I mean, as frustrating as that is, it's easy to say now whenever it's not a game, but, I mean, that's just basketball. Like, I, there's nothing else to say. But there will come a day, hopefully within the next couple games, maybe Saturday, where all your guys are hitting maybe not all of your guys but three out of four of them are hitting and if you can get liam tyron jordan maybe in the game jordan yeah he's a guy we haven't even mentioned yeah. yet. jordan jordan poor guy had a pretty rough game South he's still banged. he's he's still banged he, up yes he's play, he hasn't played that poorly but he's shot poorly like really, yes. a lot of makeable looks, and especially from the outside, he if he can get it going, I mean, well, this team would almost become unstoppable. Guys, if you could get if you could get three or three or four guys going at once, mm. I mean, and I'm not even sure you have to go the whole game, but if you can get like a consistent like five six minute period to where you have them firing on all cylinders, there I don't. I don't know how many teams can really keep up with that. Now, every basketball team says that, of course, but, I mean, just with the shooters they have, with the shooters and with Liam Robbins arguably playing some of the best basketball in the nation, I don't think anybody left on the schedule can keep up with that. If they and, if they play, and especially if Liam shoots how he did at the beginning of the Florida game and, and how that team started out, I mean, they're going to be a tough out. And, and yep. I'm, I hate the phrase, nobody wants to play this team. Uh, that's like my <laughs> least favorite phrase on the planet. It's so true. Right now, momentum yeah. sport. Basketball is a momentum and confidence sport. And this team right now has confidence for the first time this season. And a team with confidence that's, that has some guys that can heat up like a microwave, that's dangerous. That's yep. a great word, Will, confidence. And, and we haven't talked a lot about it. And I think coming into the season, we knew this team, they should have confidence. They've played a lot of basketball. They've got guys like Liam and Tyron who have played in the SEC a lot of minutes. But, you know, we, we haven't talked about the confidence a lot right now. I mean, that Tennessee win did wonders. Tyron hits the game-winning shot. It's almost like that was the moment that clicked and said, okay, we can beat anybody, no matter whether we're on our home floor or not, because they went on the road and beat a Florida team that we kept saying, validate it right here. They did. I mean, they, I don't know if you could say they dominated Florida, but they, they really had control. They were in, it felt like they were in control of that game. I will say this guys defense has to improve. I I know they have improved over the past, you know, four or five games, but if they want to beat Auburn and if they want to go to Rupp and beat Kentucky and even Mississippi state, they've got to hunker down defensively because they're still statistically a bad defensive team. I mean, I, you know what, I think we can agree on that. It hasn't hurt them. That's the Mm -hmm. thing though. 
You know, they've played mm-hmm. so well offensively and they haven't turned the ball over that defense hasn't been a glaring issue. But Auburn, I think this Saturday, if you if you struggle and let Auburn get loose offensively because they can, that's when we might see, okay, that it might be a problem because it hasn't really been a problem up and up until, you know, up until maybe the Auburn game. You know, we may we may mm-hmm. see that. But guys, I think a lot of this is they have they have learned how to win over the last couple of years. We saw games last year getting into that postseason play where you had games at home where they learned how to win. I think they're at that point now where they're going to do what it takes to win, whether it's Liam getting a bucket, Ezra penetrating, kicking it out to Tyron or Miles or Trey, whatever it takes to win a game, that's what we're realizing this team is going to do, I think. So that's where it's mm-hmm. at, confidence and and winning plays. Well, we haven't been able to say that about a Stackhouse coach team since this point in the season. You know, and even last year, I think at times with Scotty, you could say that, but that killer instinct, it feels like it's there and it's developing mm-hmm. within this team. You know, I mean, we, we talked about that in the football season. We said this team, mm-hmm. they've got that not just one punch to the gut, but against Florida, that was a two or three knockout blows last year where you said, okay, they have taken control of the game. That's what they did on the road against Florida. They, of course, did that against South Carolina, guys. So killer instinct and confidence, well, that'll win you some games. The this Auburn team, I don't know if we switched over to the Auburn preview, but they're an interesting they're an interesting matchup for Vanderbilt. There's no lines out yet. Uh, but just a reminder, Vanderbilt was a nine and a half point underdog against Florida on the road. So and then they Which were was crazy. Yeah, they were yes. five and a half point favorite, I think, over South Carolina. They'll be an underdog against this Auburn team. They're sitting at 18th in Ken Palm. They've struggled. Uh, they've lost three of the last four, but the three of those last four uh, were against Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Alabama. And every single deep analytical stat that is out there, Auburn is a top 10 or 15 defensive team, especially at defending the three ball. Honestly, their two-point percentage is, is pretty good as well. They're 30th in the country at defending two-point shot percentage, fourth in the country against the three. So this is a challenge for this Vanderbilt team coming off some wins against more beatable opponents. I know they they upset number six Tennessee, but coming off some more beatable opponents, this is this is an NCAA tournament team. This mm-hmm. is a five, six, seven seed. I don't know mm-hmm. exactly where they will end up, but this Auburn team would put Vanderbilt in the conversation as an as a legitimate NCAA tournament bubble team, or they'll kind of fade back into the background and have to make another run here at the end of the season but but this game is a huge opportunity to change the national narrative about Vanderbilt just being like oh they've won four straight games isn't that awesome for Jerry to like oh this team's (laughs) actually like winning a lot and and they're Mm -hmm. kind of forcing themselves through the front door of this NCAA tournament conversation when everybody including me had pretty much counted them out so this game against Auburn is a huge opportunity but I think people get blinded oftentimes in basketball by oh it's just another you know in conference game like not all in conference games are created equal even in Uh this very crowded middle of the sec this auburn team is better than florida they're definitely better than south carolina and Ole miss so this is a step up in competition to me it is at home the energy is going to be great but this team's gonna have to play their best if they come out and miss open shots like they did against south carolina they're not going to have a 15 to two lead against this Auburn team. Auburn yeah. team. It's just not going to happen. Yep. You can't roll out with your C game 
against Auburn, you will get beat and embarrassed at home. So I know this team knows that. I mean, they don't need to be reminded of that. They'll be they'll be hyper-focused. The energy is going to be great. But Bruce Pearl, he's back. Trevor, I know you're fired up. About he's back. That. Hey, real quick, though. Yes. Real, real quick, I love the segue. Well, got to get to a sponsor before we preview Auburn. Mm. Primus Bank with Kennedy Mathis, loan officer, NMLS number 2179364. Kennedy has a passion for assisting families and realizing their dreams of home ownership. Contact Kennedy at 931-224-7684 or email him at kennedy.mathis at primusbank.com. You can apply for a mortgage on that website. Primus Mortgage has a solution for you. Cash out, refinance, first-time homebuyer, rental properties, USDA loan, VA loan, vacation, and second home. Apply today, again, at primusbank.com or call 931-224-7687. We will get to Byram's betting corner brought to you by Pickett at the end of this episode. But, Trevor, I'll leave it to you. Bruce Pearl, when he was at Tennessee – he didn't like coming to Memorial Gym, and I guarantee you his that Auburn stupid bunch. stupid orange jacket, too. In, including Bruce Pearl and that coaching staff, they're not looking forward to this matchup. Nope. Here's, here's the thing, though, about this Auburn team, and I know this might be a lazy take. Um, Bruce Pearl is a, is a great equalizer. And he is a really, really good basketball coach if you are unfamiliar with college basketball. Elite, some would say. I think Auburn knows that they're backed into a corner right now. And they got to they gotta come out swinging. On the flip side, though, you have a Vanderbilt team that is just as backed into a corner, maybe more so. Yeah. Um, Liam Robbins is going to have to have I don't want to say his I don't want to say his game of the season because that Florida game was something beautiful. Liam Robbins is going to have to be not just efficient in the paint. He's going to have to take over, which then makes me feel I'm I'm a little bit comfortable about, about that because like you said with the killer instinct, it's like Liam has like his third eye has opened up and he realized that nobody can stop him. Like it's <laughs> it's literally like someone gave him like the magic juice and he's just like oh my god like i'm Mike's literally secret stuff he gave yeah. he has, they gave him my secret stuff or like the like booker's juice and they were like he realized he's like oh my god he's like nobody can stop me if Lee, if liam robbins takes over this ball game and stays out of foul trouble i will say that's a key if he if he if he takes over this game and is not in foul trouble vanderbilt will win I say I that because Memorial is going to be rocking, and I think you have a basketball team that knows they're up against the wall, and you can't turn around and run. So you just got to fight your way out. Liam's going to have to have a great game. Jordan, I I know he's hurt. This is these are the type of games that we were hoping that Jordan would really step up and come into this season. When Jerry took him to SEC media days, he sat on that desk and said, "This is Jordan's team. He's the guy." I told him before it wasn't his time yet. Now's his time. I think Jordan Wright's going to have to have a game. I think I, you're going to have to have a game out of Liam, and I think Jordan is just going to have to oh, uh, awaken from some slumber it, or just fight you said the you game. Didn't, you didn't want to have Liam say Liam to have his game of the year because he had that Jordan Wright. It this would be the time. This is the Jordan Wright. Game. Jordan Wright. Table. And holy hell, if yes. he's not due. As a guy that just plays his ass off, has played through injuries, he is due to have a game where those outside shots are falling. 
I well, mean, he yeah. is not. He's been a, a pretty solid shooter his entire career, and and he's one of those guys that falls in. And I don't mean this as hate because he is playing through injury, and you can see he's not one hundred percent, at least in the back of his mind, a little bit scared to re-injure himself. But I'm afraid he falls into that category of is he a jack of all trades or is he a master of none? And right now, because he's not hitting shots, he is rebounding the ball extremely well. So mm-hmm. I want to point that and out. Defending, is, is that some, and defending. Yes. Yeah, he's defending at a very yeah. high level. If you so notice, I, they they put him on the team's best offensive mm-hmm. player most times, best guard. So yep. he's a guy. I feel like Jordan is so due that it's almost scary mm-hmm. when he comes out and plays at his highest level down the stretch of this season. It's like that's the final – got your checklist. Everything is checked off other than it's Jordan the Thanos, right now. Infinity Stones, and you've got Liam playing at a high level, Ezra's playing at a high level, Tyron's playing at a high level, and you just need the last couple, which are Miles Studi, to start hitting shots, and you need Jordan Wright to become full. Everyone to, to assemble. Here, then you have is... all five, and if you add in Trey Thomas starting to knock down outside jumpers and Colin Smith on the cake. as a true freshman continuing to knock down big shots, I mean, this team is starting to take the shape we expected them yes. to take by about mm-hmm. game eight this season. It's taken them a while. They've dug themselves a hole, but they have an opportunity to, to dig out. And maybe that's what Stack realized, and I, maybe I'm giving too much credit, but this team has turned it around at literally the last moment that you could mm-hmm. possibly turn around this season. One more bad loss, and the season is shot and completely over. So the timing has been miraculous. You couldn't write a he, script with better timing on this turnaround. Here is a little comp for Jordan Wright, and I think we're going to have to have this sort of performance from him Saturday. A few years ago, there was a man who oftentimes – he could shoot the lights out of the building. He could drive. But sometimes he went cold. But even when he went cold, he gave you 110% effort, and he was an elite defender. And he had his best games and big moments late in the season, and he would take over games like you've never seen before. Jordan Wright needs to have a Jeff Taylor game. Mm, he I like needs the to have – he needs to have a Jeff Taylor game to where, like you said, Will, is he a jack of all trades or is he a master of none? When Jordan is on his game, he's a great defender. He can drive to the hoop. He can shoot. Who do you put on him? When Jordan Wright is on is on his game and is playing his best basketball, I don't even know if I would say his best. If he's just if he's just consistent. He's really hard to stop. And for this team to have success and to make a really deep run, I think starting Saturday, you're going to have to see Jordan Wright wake up. Like we all hammered on, I know the injuries, but he's going to have to really get it going. And if he can get it going in this moment, then I think this Vanderbilt team could get really sneaky. You might make the argument they're sneaky now, I think if Jordan gets going, they're no longer sneaky. I think they're a really dangerous team. He's the X I mean, if the, if the lineup – sorry. It, it, just the lineup and rotations. It, the main lineup, like I mentioned, that they had been using, Ezra Mignon, Trey Thomas, Tyron Lawrence, Miles Studi, Liam Robbins. If you can add Jordan Wright in there and have the lineup of Ezra Mignon, Tyron Lawrence, Jordan Wright, 
Colin Smith or Miles Studi and Liam Robbins, that is a Swiss Army knife you can inject that Jordan Wright can play anywhere from the two to the four. And you kind of have that a little bit. Granted, he's a little more limited defensively, but Miles Studi can play the three or the four. So, and Colin mm-hmm. Smith can play the three or the four. So you have a lot of, and Trey Thomas, the one or the two. So these lineups have a lot of versatility. And finally, you're getting the best, most talented lineups consistently on the floor at the same time with enough scoring to be successful. And I think that's what has been so frustrating early in the season is the lineups that we wanted to see were right in your face. And you're finally mm-hmm. seeing them now. And holy shit, the team's winning. It's it's mm-hmm. amazing. What, what a concept. Lineups with two, yep. three guys with Ezra Mignon, Emmanuel Lansong, and QMB on the court all at the same time. No shit, you're having trouble scoring. Three of those guys can't hit a jumper outside of 10 feet at higher than a 40% clip. You're going to struggle if you don't have scorers on the court. Thank God Stack has realized that, and hopefully it continues. But Jordan Wright, if he gets going, it creates three, four more different lineup combinations that allow Ezra Mignon to be successful. Because I don't think Ezra Mignon, like, I think he can be called a scorer because he can drive the ball really well and finishes, you know, using the rim as protection against bigger, bigger defenders. He's able to finish really consistently and seems to always make really good decisions, but he's not a shooter. So you have Mm -hmm. to make up for that part of his game on the offensive end by spreading out the court more. And right now, Jordan Wright is the last piece to spreading out the defense because he had open looks in the last couple of games, been unable to knock them down. and, And you have noticed teams kind of backing away and using his guys more of a help guy, which is for Jordan Wright to drive in, which I don't know if necessarily all he wants to do is drive in and body up against big opponents with his injuries, but he's got to knock down some jumpers from the outside, like and, you mentioned know, Trevor in the Sovereign game. And if he does, Vanderbilt wins this game Saturday night. If Jordan Wright plays well, Vanderbilt beats Auburn. And, and, and guys, th- this, yep. this, this game, this is the game for Vandy. They beat Auburn. The next toughest game is is at Kentucky because you already showed you can beat Florida. Mississippi State will be tough, but well, you said it. Auburn has lost five of their last seven games. They're not necessarily playing great basketball. I know they just dominated Missouri. They killed Missouri at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some really good guards, Wendell Green and and uh, Johnny Brown, Johnny Broom. They're both averaging fourteen points a game. They've also got Katie Johnson, so their guards are as good as anybody in the SEC. Very athletic team. They're similar to Alabama, not as much depth. But the way they like to get out and run and defend you at a high level, they they are similar to Alabama. So I think Vanderbilt has a little bit of a blueprint and a nice scouting report on them. They've struggled on the road, guys. They're not a good road team. They're four and five yeah. in road games this season, and they haven't. They've lost to some some bad teams on the road. And so in Vanderbilt, they're they're playing at, at an elite level right now. Auburn, I told you, Trev, they're not looking forward to this matchup. They're looking at this matchup saying, oh, no. God, we got to play Vanderbilt in, in Memorial in probably a, a loud It's an annoying matchup. Yeah, it just is. Yeah. And that's a game that Vanderbilt historically – It's like that gnat in your face that you keep swatting at. That's yeah. Vanderbilt to this Auburn team right now. Well, other and, teams, they also recognize – I don't care where they're ranked in Ken Palm. Vanderbilt is, has more talent on their roster. They are a more talented team than the 90th ranked team in the country with just oh, totally talent. and i think that has been the case for many years because the announcers mentioned it during the south carolina game they said something like i think many fans would be shocked to know that vanderbilt has six players in the nba 
not even mm-hmm. including Scotty Pippen Jr., who's doing work, you know, on and off yeah. the, the squad for the Lakers. And yeah. that's just how it has felt is like you look at the roster. This team is an NCAA tournament team. And I've said that since before the first basket of this entire season. And that was the expectation. And now that it's finally coming together, everybody is amazed. And I just have to keep blocking from my mind the the sunk cost of how the hell is this team 14 and 12? Mm-hmm. How is this team sitting with 12 losses? And how are they sitting with a losing record three games ago? That's still a head scratcher to me. I, I don't understand how this team has had some of the performances they have had. Granted, right now, I think they still have the toughest in-conference schedule in the whole SEC mm-hmm. uh, based on uh, previous matchups, gotcha. which that'll get a little easier during these last five games. But I don't know if it's matchup, schedule, just needing a fire lit under their ass. But I don't. this is not the same team we were watching 10 games ago or even, even six games ago. I'm not even counting that Alabama game. Six games ago, this team is different. Even how they're mm-hmm. winning, and I know the Tennessee game is just because of a made shot, and a lot of this is just they were hitting shots, but a lot of that is what basketball is. It's mm-hmm. just if your Execution. shots are falling or not, and it's a mom- it's a momentum yep. sport. It's a it's a sport of runs and streaks and being able to prevent streaks from the opponents, not just within the game, but from game to game and carrying over momentum. And right now, Vanderbilt, for whatever reason, is carrying the good energy from game to game and was able to block out the bad energy, which, you know, I brought quite a bit of it from the outside, but the bad energy uh, after that Alabama debacle. So I I just can't say enough how crazy it is, how we are talking about this team compared to where we were two weeks ago. It's insane. And guys, you might ask, the last time Vanderbilt beat Auburn at home, January 4th, 2017, they pummeled Auburn 80-61, to led by 33 points and seven threes from Matthew Fisher Davis. So Ooh. Fisher Davis went off. I miss I have him. A fe- friend same. of the pod. I, oh, yeah. I have a feeling. Close stu- personal friend of the pod. <laughs> I have a studio. I have a studio. I have a feeling Miles Studi could have a massive game, a Matthew Fisher Davis type performance. I mean, he's due as well. There's guys. That's It's crazy to say there's guys that are due on, on this roster. I mean, Studi, Jordan Wright. I guess you could say Colin Smith, sort of. But, you know, you've seen it from those guys, but as of late, you you haven't really from Fisher Davis mm-hmm. and, and Studi and even Lawrence in the last couple games, but I wouldn't say he struggled. But, guys, you need a type of performance from a guard like that. I don't know about 33 points, but I feel like you need a, a, a you know, four, five, six, three-point outing from a Studi or a Thomas to, to put you over the edge in this game because this is going to be physical. It's going to be emotional. It's going to, it's going to get chippy and the home crowd is going to play an advantage, but you still got to execute. You you mm-hmm. still have to execute in this game. So I guess we could do predictions here. Uh, I know we got to get to, to Byram's betting corner. Uh, I know it might be a little early. Uh, I think Vanderbilt wins guys. I, I, I would hammer Vanderbilt on the spread, whatever it is. I think Vandy wins. I think they're playing better than any team in the country right now. And, you know, they've gotten praise. There was a there was an article out uh, from, a, a, a I think, a writer. He puts out a weekly uh, weekly post. I forget his last name, but he was I mean, he was touting Vanderbilt as one of the hottest teams in the country. And there aren't a ton of people doing that. They're, they're just kind of paying their respect. They're saying, oh, not cute little four game win streak. But guys, the way Vandy's playing right now, if they play up to this level. They're almost unbeatable. I mean, you know, other than maybe the top five, ten teams in the country, if they play really well, but an Auburn team who's a borderline top twenty-five team, I think Vanderbilt wins the game. 
I, I just the way they're playing right now, there's there's not many holes right now. Now the the, the holes are maybe defensively, Jordan Wright needs to step up. Tyron Lawrence needs to play at a little bit higher level, at least in the last two games. But guys, there's some there's the room for error is not as small. Like the margin for error, we talk about that a lot in football, and because it, the margin for error has always been small, seemingly for Vanderbilt football, not not really in basketball. Now up to this point, we 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 said there's there's a small margin for error, but I don't know if it's that small anymore because you've got depth pieces there. So guys, I, I think it's a big win for Vanderbilt. I think the crowd. Uh, really pulls them through, and I've got Vandy beating Auburn. I, I, I just I, I think they match up well with them. Auburn doesn't have a big man that scares me. I think Liam Robbins looks at Auburn and says, "I can do. I can put some work in against this Auburn team." I mean, I, I Trevor, it, it, it feels like a game where Liam Robbins basically says, "I can keep doing the same thing I've been doing." That's I. I didn't want to say it, Billy, but I think you're onto something. I think this is. I think this is the Liam Robbins, as if he hasn't already had a coming out yeah. party. I think this is, I mean, I think he puts on a show. As for my, also, good God, if Vanderbilt can play just decent, just decent basketball, but Miles Studi gets hot, mm-hmm. oh my God. If Miles Studi can remember, like, can shoot like he like we're used to seeing oh my god Scary. i don't want to say vanderbilt would boat race them but i think if vanderbilt plays really clean basketball and sort of limits fast break opportunities and just plays good transition basketball i think this auburn team is in for a rude awakening now as for my prediction if you are go. not watching, if you are not watching this, if you're just listening in an audio format, I'm winking right now. Wink, wink. I'm winking. <laughs> I think Vanderbilt loses a squeaker. Wink, wink. For some reason, <laughs> I have not predicted. I did. I will say I predicted them to win the South Carolina game. I don't think they needed much luck to beat South Carolina. Just as what it is. No wink. There, there was, there was no wink on that. But I think Vanderbilt loses a squeaker. Wink, wink. I think Miles Studi shoots very poorly. Wink, wink. I think Jordan Wright has his worst game of the season. Wink, wink. So uh, <laughs> I'll have Vanderbilt losing in a squeaker. But before we get to Byron's betting corner, wait, we got to get Will's pick too. Oh God, yeah. Go ahead, Will. Go ahead, Will. Do yeah, the reverse gotta get, jinx. We gotta get thing to my pick. The reverse jinx. So I, I've discussed this before. It only works for me when I've truly lost hope. Packed it in. In whatever is going on. Like if I, I have to truly in my gut, like if I just tweet out something like, Trey Thomas sucks. Why is he on the court? And I'm doing it. And in my heart of hearts, I know it's for the jinx. It's not gonna work. It's when I lose complete faith and hope that the universe is like, ah. We're going to, we're going to get you. So I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. So I've worn the same. So I got thrown a shirt uh, during the, during the Alabama game uh, that Vanderbilt lost in Memorial gym. I got tossed a Vanderbilt basketball shirt with the new logo and, and I got it. Thank you. uh, Vanderbilt cheerleader who tossed it to me, but I've worn that shirt uh, started during the Ole Miss game. I've worn it the last four games. Now I can't wash it. 
uh, because I'm just, I'm not superstitious. <laughs> no I am a little stitious. So I'll be wearing that shirt that has not been washed in, in two and a half weeks. I'll be wearing that shirt in Memorial uh, against Auburn because I can't risk it. So I've got Vanderbilt winning this one. I think the momentum carries over. I'm just going to come out and say it. Jordan Wright is going to have his game. Jordan Wright is going to have his game. Studi is going to knock down some shots. Studi or Thomas, one of those two guys is going to be on. Uh, and because I believe this, Vanderbilt's going to get the shit kicked out of them. So just everybody out there listening, I'm sorry, but I truly am ready to get hurt again. I'm excited about this team. I'm excited about the direction they're heading this season. Uh, and I absolutely hate that those words are coming out of my mouth after where I was two weeks ago, because I had truly lost hope in this team turning it around this season. I came on and I was dis- in despair. My heart was shattered. My hope and a bright future for Vanderbilt basketball in general was completely crushed. And of course, they went four in a row right after that. Um, the world is ending. UFOs and aliens are coming down because Vanderbilt's won four SEC games in a row for the first time in six years. But I think it I think it becomes five and the aliens and UFOs continue to to invade the United States and China continues to send over spy balloons and Vanderbilt wins uh, its fifth SEC game in a row. Also, I, I tell guys, you what, guys. Go ahead. I, oh, Will, where are you sitting in Memorial? Uh, with, For which game? For the Alabama game or for this Auburn game? For this Auburn game. I'll be in two in the second tier, so I think I'm I'll in two L. I could. I'm well. in. I'm in two L as well. Jacob whoever Shore is has my sitting, ticket, so. guys, whoever is sitting in two L, will wearing a shirt that has not been washed in two weeks to go and bake in a 99 degree Memorial Gymnasium might be considered an act of terrorism. So bad. I lotion up. I'm a bath and body works. You better put some guy. You better put some I, deodorant. You know, I'm, I'm very hey. smell sensitive here. Hey. So don't worry about plug, that. It just might look a little. Plug the nose, baby, because it's going to be worth for a Vanderbilt win. Well, I do hate to say it, though. I say that it's just coming back. I had COVID. I don't even know, but I lost my sense of smell. So I've had like no sense of smell over like the last month. It's coming back slowly. But that shirt oh, so is of right now. You're good. You're good. Scent wise. So I, I do apologize if I go into that gym and anyone uh, sitting on the other side of me has to smell me, but, but it's all for a victory. It's all for a good cause. So, Hey, if anybody shames you, they can shove it. <laughs> I've got a message for Vanderbilt fans. And I think both you guys do as well. There's no excuse not to show up. There, there really, there really isn't. You've seen it's tweets from Mario places. Moore. Yeah. You've seen a tweet from Riley Lachance. He said, I'm for sure pulling up for this one. Didn't even know he was in town, but he's coming. And guys, if you're a Vanderbilt fan right now, you finally have something to jump on board that is a a fun, entertaining product. This is it right now. This is a fun team to watch. We haven't been able to say that in a long time. I think down the stretch last year, they got fun to watch. But I think right now, the way this team is playing, why would you not? What 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 what's the excuse not to show up to Memorial? You've I know there might be fans in Arlington, but most Vanderbilt fans are still in town this weekend. It's a 7:30 night tip off at Memorial Gym, the first Saturday night home game of the season. They haven't had a Saturday Saturday night home game yet. They had that Arkansas game that was a, a, a early afternoon tip. They've had some other Saturday games, but they've been earlier. Memorial on a Saturday night is different. 
It, it, it just is. It, it hits a little bit different. Feels like the magic in the air is stronger. And Vanderbilt, this team needs the fans right now. I, they're executing at a high level. They're playing at a high level. They've went on the road and mm-hmm. won games. But against this Auburn team, the fans have to show up and be that sixth man. And so there is absolutely no excuse. If you're able to find a ticket, secure that ticket. If you have to buy one, take you know take the pill suffer suffer the financial loss it's going to be worth it because i I think vanderbilt wins this game not knock on wood but guys there is absolutely no excuse for a vanderbilt fan to sit at home and watch this game on tv i don't care if it's cold outside we had a tweet come in they tagged us they said forget who this was i want to see coats lined up in front of the student section like the old days because it was so hot in the gym, you got to take your coat off. But it's cold outside. But you want to feel good in the gym. That's oh, that's Vandy Import. Of, yeah, that's the type Vandy of Twitter legend Memorial Gym that that has to show up. Memorial Magic will show up. I have confidence. But any fan thinking, do I need to? Do I need to show up? Do they need me? They do. They, this team mm-hmm. needs you, so you better show up. Because if you don't, you might be regretting it. And there, there's been fans like. Me and my brother and I, we, we didn't show up to the Tennessee game. We regretted the hell out of that. We said, hey, yep. man, how did we not show up to this game? But I'm convinced now this team, they're excited about it. You saw the Ezra tweet. He said, we got a game Saturday night. If you didn't know, we need everybody out there. If you're a Vanderbilt fan wondering what to do Saturday night, go to Memorial Gym or go outside and just, if you don't have a ticket, hang out and just be around the gym because it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be I, I can't wait, guys. It this is going to be old style Memorial Gym loud. Look, I I've come on here and and Trevor, you have Billy, you have we have ripped Jerry Stackhouse and ripped this program. And we said and I And honestly, I, I, I wanna hate. say I wanna say I'm sorry too. Like I I on it like I apologize to Stackhouse and the team. I don't think we went too far because we're we're compassionate that we're, we're a compassionate group of fans, but I want to say I want to apologize formally because I think, you know, not saying we went too far, but we just, you know, we care at a certain level. So I, I do want to say that as well, Will. Yeah, I, I wasn't even going to apologize. I was just going to say I was wrong. Like I still stand behind the take I had at that point, but I think the most important thing is being able to look in the mirror and say, I was wrong. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was wrong. And so I, I said going into this that if they come through and they win four games in a row, that that Auburn game, I will be there and it will be electric. And Ooh. I can promise you the first part of that equation is I will be there. And we are having a tailgate as well uh, starting at noon. I don't Boom. exactly know where the location is, but but it's, it's on my Twitter somewhere out there. But this game has the potential to feel like the old memorial. And I'm going to do my part. Billy, I know you're going to do your part. Trevor, you're going to do your part. We could not have been on a more anti-Jerry Stackhouse tangent than we were two weeks ago. They've done their part. They have won games. Now it is time for fans to do their job and support a team that is winning. Because that's what that's what we always say. I'll, you know, we always support. I watch every single yeah. game. Even if I don't yeah. attend, I'm watching it. Okay, and I'm supporting the program, but the casual fans, the people that are kind of on the fence about whether or not, you know, they're more football or baseball fans, this is a game. Bring a friend, bring somebody to, 
because this is going to be a memorable experience at 7.30 p.m. tip inside a memorial Saturday night, Bruce Pearl coming in. Mm. I mean, this has every single thing you can want on a script for a hell of a night inside a memorial. So I am fired up. I will be inside. Billy, you'll be there. Trevor, you'll, Trevor, you will be there. And anyone listening to this, you better be there as well. Trevor, what, what are your plans yeah. for Saturday night? Guys, Byron Brimstone. first off, first off, before I give my plans, I would also like to hop on the train and say I was wrong. <laughs> I said Vanderbilt basketball was dead. I tweeted, I hope they lose every game badly <laughs> so that Jerry would be gone. Guys, I didn't mean it. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, but listen, it was it was for the love of this school that I didn't even attend. I went to Austin P. I couldn't get into Vanderbilt. But guys, I'm back. I was wrong. I'm eating crow about Jerry. And you know what? It tastes delicious. <laughs> I love it. Jerry, keep proving me wrong. Vanderbilt basketball, keep proving me wrong. But guys, my uh I asked my mom. So my mom and dad's first ever date, very first ever date they went on. My dad took my mom to a Vanderbilt basketball game. Hell of a date. <laughs> Will <laughs> It's, a, it's it's amazing she even married the guy after this being their first date. Crazy first date. I've been to, to a Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt sporting game. events with three three significant others, and we have not made it many months after their first first time attending a game with me because you don't they, so you don't you don't, got, don't you don't they've got three kids you don't and take, they love each other a lot now. So I don't know you, don't, what that's, you can't that's handle me at my worst during a Vanderbilt basketball game. You don't deserve me at my best. That's one rule. Never take a female to a Vanderbilt sporting event. <laughs> well, by God, my father did for the first ever date. I I love him for that. And, and I and I remember I, I asked my mom recently, I was like, Mom, why don't you go to Vanderbilt basketball games anymore? And she's like, Well, it just gets too loud. I get a headache. And I was like, I was like, What are you talking about? I was like, <laughs> Are you serious? And she, her eyes got so big and she's like, my mom hasn't been in decades. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, what do you mean it gets so loud you get a headache? And she's like, is it not like that anymore? And my mom and dad sat me down and they said, son, in the 90s and in the early 2000s. It was different. You, my mom said you could not hear yourself think. My mother stopped going to Vanderbilt basketball games because Memorial Gym got so loud that she got chronic migraines. <laughs> that is that is what Memorial Gym used to be, guys. And here's the thing. If you're listening, Memorial Gym can still be that. That is the beautiful thing about Vandy basketball and Memorial. Is there still that memorial magic? There's still the memorial maniacs. And guys, it can happen again this Saturday. All those stories that you heard from your parents and your grandparents about whenever Florida or Tennessee would come to town and students would be banging on the court. Guys, 
it can happen again this Saturday. And I know if you're listening to this or you're watching this, you're a diehard Vanderbilt fan. You remember Bruce Pearl mm. in those awful orange jackets just sauntering around Memorial Gym. He's coming to town Saturday, baby. It's not the Vols, but he's still in orange. And guess what? Vanderbilt has a chance this Saturday to drag their nuts up and down the court and make their march into March. And they need you in the stands. They need you being loud. I gave up on this team. And last week, I looked in the mirror and said, baby, I'm back. And I bought two tickets for me and my dad to Memorial Gym, 7.30 tip-off, Central Standard Time. If you're not there, you're bad! And I need you to be I can't, I can't hear him anymore. Trevor, we lost your mic. We lost you your audio. The mic. He doesn't even have the video version of that to, he doesn't to even, really get the true energy. His microphone could he not doesn't handle. Even, that's the thing. He doesn't even have a mic, though. That, that's the thing. Uh, that's why. <laughs> so I think he might have. Bro- sound- yeah, I think we, he we literally because I can't hear him anymore. I think he we broke lit- his microphone. We, literally, we, we cannot hear you, Trev. Anchor <laughs> down and get to Memorial on Saturday. I won't say it again. <laughs> oh man that, that's one of the better tdr moments trevor breaking his laptop because he do, doesn't even have a mic but uh got we got Bedham, byram's betting corner uh to end the pod uh real quick look at the schedule auburn of course on saturday night at lsu who is an awful team florida comes to memorial next saturday tough to beat a team twice that's not going to be easy at kentucky in lexington it's going to be a tough game and then at home against mississippi state that's going to be the game right there, that, that Mississippi State game at home. Once again, no excuse not to show up to Memorial. Will, close us out with, I know the lines aren't even close to being out, but what do you think the line will be Saturday with Vanderbilt being at home? And tell us about Pickett. Before we get into my guess of the line, we'll review what I uh, said the line would be for that Florida game. I said five and a half or six and a half. It was actually more than I expected. They, the books had Florida as a nine and a half point favorite. So you may be thinking, how can I capitalize on this winning streak that Vanderbilt is currently on? They've upset Tennessee. They've upset Florida. Those two games, they were both plus three, plus four, plus 500 money line bets. So where can you shop the best lines? Pick it. P-I-K-K-I-T automatically sync all of your favorite sports books, shop lines, track performances, and explore bets across your community all within the Picket app. With Picket, you can see all your sports bets across your community and all of your accounts in one place. You can track how you're doing, your performance. You can see where the money is coming in, whether it's coming in on Vanderbilt, coming in on the underdog, coming in on the favorite, over or the under. And you can automatically sync up FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, Barstool Sportsbook. The list goes on and on. So download the Picket app from the App Store, P-I-K-K-I-T, and use the code TDR. Doesn't matter, capital or lowercase TDR. And you will receive a $3 or $100 Venmo directly into your account after you sync your first sportsbook. So my guess on the line, it hasn't been released yet. I'm sure we'll tweet it out when... When it comes out, but I think Auburn will probably be 
a two and a half point favorite. I, I think on a neutral site on the win streak, I wouldn't be shocked if it was a little bit more, but I think sports books are going to be a little bit wary uh, of making Vanderbilt too significant of an underdog play at home on a four-game winning streak, playing an Auburn team that is not necessarily playing their best basketball season. So I think this line will definitely have value on the Vanderbilt side. Now, it's going to be interesting what that over-under is going to be at because Auburn is a very, very good defensive team. And Vanderbilt, you don't know if they're going to come out and play like they did against Florida and put up almost 90 points or if they're going to play as they did in the Tennessee game. And granted, Tennessee is a great defensive team, but so is Auburn. And they won that game 66 to 65. So I think that is going to also be an interesting line to watch is see where that over under lands. Uh, they might, you know, put it in a safe spot at like 132 and a half, 134 and a half. Uh, but that's going to be telling as to how Vegas expects the flow of this game and what tempo it's going to be played at. So immediately when that's released, we will definitely be tweeting out and discussing that Florida Vanderbilt line. Of course, of course we will. And I, I have a, th- I have a feeling that Vanderbilt, there's going to be a lot of money on Vanderbilt uh, on their side, at least in the spread, maybe not money line, but on that spread, especially if it's a little bit higher, if it's around that four five, six range in favor of Auburn, there's going to be some money on Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah, so that, I, you know, that's I, why I don't, I don't think <laughs> I would be really surprised if I think five, it'll be under a five-point line. I think it'll be somewhere between one and a half to five that Auburn will be favored because once you get up in that five and a half, six and a half, seven and a half point range, you're starting to hit that very appealing, you know, plus 250, plus 220, plus 300 type money line that's going to get a little bit too much money on the Vanderbilt side for the books to be comfortable. So I think you'll probably see it stick at that three and a half, four and a half. But I've been very wrong. Basketball is a lot harder to predict uh, than football is because the books are just kind of everywhere and and very momentum based as well. Looking forward to the theme as well, that there's got to be a theme on Saturday night. I don't know if they're going to do the monster or whatever, the rock star energy and and the espresso Mm -hmm. shots again, but uh, there's going to be a theme and student. The the vibe is, is violence. That's the vibe on Saturday. The vibe is piss and vinegar on Saturday. The vibe is snot coming out your nose, Brian Dawkins type beat, crying blood. That's the vibe on Saturday. They need to hand out. They need to hand out the the containers of smelling salts. Uh, to the they need to hand out those man. bath salts to Just... turn people into zombies. That's what I need. That's <laughs> the what energy we... <laughs> drink. The energy drink coffee rock star promotion was one of my favorites. That that Vanderbilt. Was I never about. thought that Vanderbilt would do anything that like that. Great. Yeah, I no, never shout thought. out to the marketing department recently. They they've yeah. been doing a much better, cr- much more creative job. We haven't even talked about the the groundbreaking really and the live webcam for the football stadium and facilities either. Yeah, that's no. a yeah. topic, but that's we've that's had... kind of flown under all the chaos within this basketball season. It's amazing. We've had too much basketball to talk about. I mean, it's amazing how much the tide has turned, and Vanderbilt has a golden. It's good to be gold. Golden opportunity <clears throat> Saturday night. Vanderbilt welcoming in the Auburn Tigers and Bruce Pearl, 7.30 tip. Get there early. There's going to be some traffic. There's going to be some Auburn fans showing up as well. Uh, Mike Rooney was on the pod yesterday. We'll get more into baseball probably next week. We'll we'll definitely recap the weekend in Arlington. Uh, Of course, they've got a bunch of Big 12 teams on tap uh, this weekend, and uh, Vanderbilt's got Auburn on tap on Saturday night. So you've been listening courtesy of Trevor Hoolan, Will Byram. I'm Billy Derrick. Thanks for tuning in. See you all at Memorial. 
Saturday night. You've been listening to another episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors.